Listener Production. Inflation relief pushes US stocks higher overnight. And Aussie shares expected to open higher on Wednesday after iron ore prices jump on the back of the Chinese rate cut. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday, the 14th of June. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, can you hear anything? The sound of your dulcet tones. <laughs> no, I was referring to the bullet that the markets dodged. Right. <laughs> the silver bullet. Well, it would certainly be armour-piercing uh, if it was a hotter than expected inflation number that we saw last night in the US. But mercifully, uh, the trend for US inflation continued to ebb. And we've, you know, when you consider that in June of last year, you had inflation at north of 9% and to see it at 4% uh, in the last month, that gives you some hope, doesn't it? It did. The consumer price index rose by 0.1% in May. But the annual growth rate fell from 4.9% back down to 4%. So let's last just quickly month. pause on that that rate of change. You know, in the markets, it's not just the size of a change, but it's also the rate of change. That's a pretty decent step lower for inflation. And the core level was um, also encouraging in terms of the way it moved. It was just a shade higher than what the market had been expecting. But given the improvement in the headline, that was enough to do the job. So the core inflation rate is what central banks look at most closely. It removes what they refer to as volatile items. The things that we use every day to live, Ryan, food and energy uh, as much as anything else. But what did you think of that uh, 5.3% rate for the core measure of inflation? Well, it's certainly an improvement, but it won't give the Federal Reserve yeah. policymakers a lot of comfort. And we did see categories such as shelter, motor vehicle insurance, recreation, household furnishings and operations and new vehicles among those that saw notable annual increases during the month of May. But we have seen declines across the board in airline fares, car and truck rentals, citrus fruits, fresh whole milk used cars and trucks. But I suppose, you know, the um, decline in energy was an important contributor to the um, uh, headline rate moving lower. I suppose this, in terms of the week's events, was arguably the most important one because it will influence what the Fed does on Thursday morning. It would be a reluctant pause, you would have to think. They are in a position now, the Fed, to kind of keep their foot on the neck of inflation, a pause um, could perhaps give up some ground, I suppose, in, in that respect. But the, the markets are of the mind that they will pause on Thursday morning. Well, the markets are pricing in a more than 90% chance of a what, hawkish a hold. A hawkish hold. And then a lift in interest rates in July. So it's going to be a temporary pause. What we did see overnight was a continuation of the theme around some of those sticky inflation prices. So... Shelter costs were the largest contributor to core consumer prices in May. They rose by 0.6%. They're up 8% year on year, Tom. So along it's with big, wages yeah, growth, I know, that's uh, really the problem. And this is why, you know, the, the this narrative around, you know, getting closer to a pause is just uh, unconstructive in terms of getting inflation under control. It is an, a relentless battle when it you know, comes to taming inflation from these levels, I think it's an opportunity missed for the central bank to, to pause on Thursday. But that's, you know, um, let's not get into that rabbit warren. The other thing that was quite 
dark last night, Ryan, uh, on the other side of the Atlantic was the much stronger than expected UK employment report, which you might think is not related to UK, uh, US inflation. But the reality is the dynamic between very strong employment and high inflation in this uh, point in the cycle, it, you, you can't ignore it. Well, the jobs numbers were extraordinarily strong last night in the United Kingdom, and we saw the unemployment rate ease from 3.9% to 3.8% over the three months to April. That was unexpected. And importantly, we saw annual growth in UK wages ex bonuses rise by 7.2% in yep. the three months to April, up from 6.8%. What this all meant is that UK borrowing costs, as measured by those yields on short-dated government bonds, they rose very sharply. So the yield on a two-year UK government bond, or GILT as they're known, was up 23 basis points to 4.87% at one stage. And that took it to the highest level since July 2008 on their back of interest rate hike expectations, Tom. So in human language, uh, that means that uh, these employment figures were much stronger than what the market was looking for. Uh, and the interest rate markets have readjusted very aggressively their expectations for what the Bank of England will do when they next meet to decide on interest rates, uh, up by a quarter of a percent where short-term interest rates are concerned in the space of a session. That was automatic and very quick, and it just highlights uh, the fact that you know any pause, uh, if it emerges for any central bank at the moment, is a short-lived possibility. It's not enduring. And that is something that will be in very sharp focus later on this week for our own market with the unemployment report on Thursday. But let's just save that uh, discussion for uh, tomorrow. In terms of the US market last night, uh, interestingly, we saw tech stocks continue to push ahead, uh, even though there was a sizable move higher for interest rate markets on Wall Street. There was still a decent push higher for a two-year treasury note, a two-year government bond. Stocks didn't seem to pay too much attention for what was going on in the bond market last night, Ryan. Well, it was interesting, Tom, in that we saw US share markets broadly rally to 30-month highs to the highest levels since April 2022. On the slowdown in US consumer prices, what I would point out, though, of course, is that the US Federal Reserve, which meets tonight, what they're focused on when it comes to inflation is the measure excluding housing and energy for service prices. So the super core measure, as they call it. <laughs> and they climbed by 0.2% in May. That metric is still up 4.6% from a year earlier, despite peaking late last year. So I'm not sure whether the markets read the tea leaves, but... It was an interesting performance where treasuries were concerned. So you got the feeling that um, whilst they were surrendering the idea of a hike uh, on Thursday, the sense that there's going to be you know, more rate hikes down the track was still um, being... Yeah, you know, it's still alive, and, and that's uh, and then you've also got the dot plots, which will turn around that super core number that you have uh, pointed out as well, Ryan. So there are a lot of needles to thread, as it were, in terms of uh, the outcome on Thursday morning. Bottom line for the moment is um, stocks have got some substantial momentum behind them. The tech space has got that growth lever of AI, and it is milking it for everything that they can extract. For the moment, at least, we've seen a litany of U.S. stocks uh, upgraded, 
uh, outperform in recent days because of the commentary around AI. In fact, yesterday in the local experience, you know, organizations which are probably drawing a long bow in terms of the benefit of AI, you know, Zero, Life360, WiseTech, Megaport, you know, those stocks were all up 4 to 5% in what was an otherwise pretty patchy performance from the local market, I'd, des- I'd describe it as. What we are continuing to see is the climb higher for AI and tech shares broadly, as you mentioned. And overnight, we did see a strong report from Oracle. Its shares hit all-time highs on the back of a strong earnings report. Intel shares gained 2.5% following reports the chipmaker is in talks with SoftBank Group Corp's arm to be an anchor investor in its initial public offering. So broadly, we are continuing to see that theme play out. But as you mentioned, Tom, tonight, there's an expectation the US Federal Reserve, the central bank, will pause. But also, in addition to that, they release their so-called dot plot of quarterly economic projections, which is really exciting. In these, Just describe what the dot plot is, Ryan, for people who might not be familiar with the dot plot. Well, raising the dots in, in this matrix that they've got of interest rate projections for both 2023 and 2024 would signal an intention to leave rates higher for longer. So that's the critical thing tonight. So we have all the US Federal Reserve policymakers on the Open Market Committee. They all submit these dot plots. They, they project their forecast for interest rates it's in almost, the future. It's, it's almost like a classroom assignment. They all hand in their dot plots. It's all, it all happens out. kind of anonymously. You know, I wonder what sort of... Uh, sharing of you know thinking there is in the uh, tea room at the fed but regardless uh, and i think you struck the um the point in your previous sentence higher for longer is is the belief so high for longer and also the potential eradication of expectations around interest rate cuts later this year so that has been a focus of investors and that has also been a reason why share markets and risk assets have been lifting in recent months. Let's quickly reflect on what we saw in China yesterday. There was a small cut to interest rates in China. Do you think it was expected? I mean, it is reasonable to see them adjusting their policy settings at the moment. The thing is that even though yesterday's move was quite modest in terms of the um, cut in borrowing rates, the belief is that the Chinese are, as we speak, thatching together a package that is going to be um, unveiled in the near term that will be quite supportive for the Chinese economy. And what was surprising to me yesterday was that even though you know all prices had fallen, uh, materials and energy stocks were marked underperformance yesterday. You would have thought that what happened in China might have been a little more supportive for that group, particularly given the fact that there was a reasonable rebound for all prices overnight in the Northern Hem- Hemisphere. Well, that's right. We did see the crude oil prices rebound about 3.5% overnight, Tom, really on the back of expectations that we may see a little bit of a lift in demand in China after measures were announced yesterday. We saw the seven-day reverse repurchase rate cut by 10 basis points to 1.9%. So that's just a short-term borrowing cost in China. And and, and that lending rate, that short-term lending rate was cut for the first time in 10 months. So that was significant in that it shows that the authorities in China might be willing to support the economic recovery more than they have. They've been constrained by high levels of debt in the Chinese economy. And maybe their patience is finally wearing thin. The counter to that is that 
um, I think that they have been reluctant to overstimulate because they have still been working through the issues that they have in the Chinese property sector. And they probably would have winced a little bit yesterday, the Chinese, uh, when they saw that property stocks were the ones that reacted most aggressively to that modest cut in the repurchase rate, as you talk about. So, uh, you know, this is something that they have got some form in terms of managing um, this by being very interventionist. So it will be interesting. To it's see. a good point in that during the common prosperity crackdown, Chinese property speculation was at the center of that. And what we have seen is some more appetite to stimulate that sector, given it's a large proportion of economic growth in China. So the balancing act is really not overstimulating the property market, not accumulating more debt and, and therefore having more defaults potentially in the property sector more generally. So, well, I, I suppose the approach that um, has been talked about on the part of the Chinese uh, relating to property in particular is that they're going to approach it from the consumer side rather than the you know, um, developer side. Yeah. Absolutely. So in response to that rate cut and then export expectations for further stimulus, we did see iron ore prices lift by 1.2% to 112.45%. US dollars a tonne. So that should be a support for Aussie miners today. We did see some strong outcomes, particularly in the United Kingdom overnight. We saw industrial metals shares up by 3.7%. They're the miners, of course. So Rio and BHP would have performed well in that environment. So look out for that today. Ahead, we've got the uh, weekly consumer confidence numbers. I don't know if that's going to move the needle, given the fact that we saw some pretty underwhelming monthly numbers from Westpac and the Melbourne Institute yesterday. Um, they um, pretty much speak for themselves and are unsurprising at this point in the economic clock. Well, the inflationary expectations in this report will stand out. So we have heard from Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe recently. He's starting to be quite anxious about the unanchoring or de-anchoring of starting, consumer inflation expectations. Starting to be anxious. So really, that, that's become a big issue now, particularly with inflation in Australia remaining higher for longer than initially expected by the central bank. So look out for that particular stat. But of course, we do have some company news today. Tom Block and Piedmont Lithium both host annual general meetings, so there should be some updates from them. And formerly Katmandu, KMD Brands, that shares Tradex dividend and could be lower, but... It's going to be all about the US Federal Reserve tonight. Indeed. So it'll be interesting to see the way that the local market behaves in the context of uh, what's going to happen in the next couple of days. Bearing in mind, of course, we've still got producer inflation numbers to look forward to in the US tonight. Not as significant as the CPI figures. Uh, yes, Ryan, you are very energised about this, aren't you? You do love your European football. Well, as someone pointed out in one of our reviews, we're 98% economics and markets and 2% sports, so we thought we'd better add this one in. We've seen shares of Manchester United pop about 10% overnight after Qatari Media suggested that a takeover bid has been successful. So, of course, the Red Devils fans will be quite excited by that. They did make the Champions League for the first time in a while this season. I'm just going to admit that I'm a Liverpool fan and I'm quite bitter about that and don't really like Manchester United much. And look, um, what I would suggest is just uh, put on a scented candle, uh, drink some chamomile tea, and that will help remove the bitterness from your spleen, Ryan. Uh, in terms of what the market uh, is anticipating this morning, the futures are telling us that the uh, ASX 200 will be up by around 0.6% this morning. Uh, other points to make, we have got the Aussie dollar 
putting on about a quarter of a cent against the greenback uh, overnight. It's pulled back a little bit in early Asian trade at 67.7 US cents. Uh, Ryan, I'm really looking forward to the next day. It doesn't get better than a US Federal Reserve meeting, Tom. It's going to be exciting tonight, isn't it? You're going to stay up all night, do an all-nighter for it. I value my sleep far too much, but I'll be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at Sparrows tomorrow when Jay Powell will be addressing uh, the markets and uh, standing at the rostrum ready to take questions from the media. Can't wait. Let's count the minutes. See you tomorrow. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.